Matt McConkie. Dave Holmes, how are you doing? How are you? Uh, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm feeling good. Feeling healthy. Yeah, I'm COVID feeling negative. good. I, got a fresh COVID negative. Oh, you got an official neg? Great. I sure did. Sure did. Yes. Took myself Congrats. to Dodger Stadium in and out in 10 minutes. Results in less than 24 hours. I would say if you haven't done it, go I love it. it. It's free. I will get on it. I will get on it. Um, we've got a very, very, very special guest. Um, yes, we do. And uh, we, I'm sure you're all following Brandon Kyle Goodman on social media. If you're not, please remedy that immediately. Yeah, uh, most of you, especially that? people who listen to this show, have probably uh, seen or shared or uh, had shared with you one of Brandon's videos uh, where he's just been talking about, you know, his experience of the last couple of weeks and also doing a truly a public service in terms of talking about being an ally um, and what we can all do, what actions we can all take immediately um, to, you know, really walk the walk. And anyway, I say all that because a, it's important information we should all have. And also because today having him on the show, we wanted to kind of make an effort to not make him repeat all of exactly and do all of that work again. So, he has put it all out there and done it so beautifully and so gracefully and succinctly and entertainingly and he's he's really done it so yeah it uh um you you might click on this thinking that we're going to uh delve into what he's already done but he's already done it yeah um so check that on your own we're just going to talk about uh tv and movies and uh you know Real house all the all the fun stuff we, we do talk about do. uh he's such a such a dream um he truly is he truly and, is and uh we we were recording this just a few days after pride sunday if that's correct did you go i yes and no i went to there was as a lot of people know a lot of confusion about what was sort of the event Right. The first one was Christopher Street West, the people who normally do Pride. That right. the, was meant to be in solidarity with Black Lives, Matter, Black Lives Matter, but then it came out that they were working with the cops. That was canceled. Then there was the what what was the massive uh, march that people saw that started at Hollywood and Highland, which you went to, right? I did. Yeah. How well, I was to it? all of it. It was great. I mean, it was, you know, you saw the probably the drone footage, you know, it was, it was super packed. There were thousands and thousands of people. So, you know, of the many, many, many people uh, that I saw, I think I saw maybe four without masks, which was really nice. Um, people were, you know, pulling out their own hand sanitizer and giving it to all their neighbors and, and, and people who passed by and all that. Um, it, it was uh, it was really beautiful and inspiring. We went on bikes. I met up uh, with some folks and we all went up on bikes, which was the way to go. Because we started at the back of the march. And then when it sort of bottlenecked and got too crowded, we were able to dip out and then like go revisit toward the middle. Um, and then when that got too crowded, also we had our bikes as we were walking, which acted as barriers. And so it was it was yeah. kind of the move. And, and then we dipped out again and went to the, the sort of counter thing by Rocco's at uh, San Vicente in Santa Monica. And... And we were there as the march came and met that and became one big giant celebration. The amazing things uh, were no policemen. 
uh, except at the very end, um, they were on by the Pacific Design Center. And I, and I think even even for that, just to kind of guard the area, because, you know, in the last few years, people have been caught with explosives in their cars and that kind of thing. So, I, you know, I, I don't know what the police were there for, but the, the, the presence was minimal and it was sort of just at the very end. Also, no, um, you know, chase back float and right. you know i didn't leave with a with a paper fan with uh eliza schlesinger's face on it you know i didn't it wasn't i wasn't aggressively marketed to which felt really nice yeah yeah it, it was I, literally just the people taking the streets and that's that's inspiring i i i do now wish that i had gone to ha, had gone to the hollywood and highland and sort of had the full experience there, there were some mixed messages about that uh uh organization and some people i follow were um taking issue with uh transparency or lack of transparency with them so i all of this say i just went to a much smaller protest at santa monica and san vicente which is where everything ended up anyway mm-hmm. um and it was a very different experience it was it was very small it felt it felt truly grassroots but i do wish i had at least stuck around until the massive protests sort of met up and they all kind of blended together because that's, yeah. I think how you get the full experience. But it, it was nice. But then, you know, after having been there for about 30 minutes, we were all like a, well, we haven't bumped into anyone we know unless we have, and we didn't know it because everyone's face sure. is fully covered. Um, and you know, it was just, it's, it wasn't an opportunity to be social. Yeah. Although the line for the Abbey all the way down to Melrose, uh, the Isn't Abbey had crazy? reopened. They just they just hit unpause on the same shitty house mix that they were playing at the beginning of this whole thing. And uh, everything was exactly the same. Big, long line to get into high tops um, in there. There were, you know, you could do you could do like if you caught certain framings uh, of the area, you would think that nothing had ever happened. Um it- it was just crazy. I mean, the Abbey is mostly outdoors, but I, I sure. got to imagine that once you're in there, you're ordering your, the masks are coming off because you're off. drinking, you're doing, you're having a, a blue thing in a martini glass. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I, it, all of those bars have, you know, are open air enough that I guess that they thought that they could get away with it, but it's going to be a minute before I go back. Although it had been a minute since I'd been there in the first place. So same. Yeah, uh, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it all went down, and I'm glad that it all went down peacefully. And uh, I'm very, 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 very glad that we had the chance to talk to Brandon Kyle Goodman. Same. What a coup! I mean, absolutely. Uh, Brandon is here after the break. We are back with Brandon Kyle Goodman. Hi. Uh, from from a, a, a room that is as familiar to me as the bar from Chicago. <laughs> <That's laughs> I right. love it. An iconic living room, an iconic, an iconic photo yes. gallery. <laughs> I love it. I with love a whole it. new angle. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Give you a little, a little intimacy, a little more intimacy. <laughs> We love so we this love. is obviously a very busy time for you. Is there a typical day in the life during quarantine right now that you can walk us through? 
I mean, up until last Monday, I was in the writer's room still. So we were kind of working, uh, I would say, like 10 to about four or five every day in the writer's room. But the last two weeks have been uh, crazy. It's just been a lot of podcasts and interviews and writing and, and, you know, press and all that stuff. So no typical day. Just sitting at my computer from like 10 in the morning to like 7, 8, 9 at night. Mm-hmm. Just trying to pump stuff out, <laughs> you know. Right. So it's been good though. I'm uh, I'm happy that I can use my voice in this way. So you know. Yes, we are. We are all grateful for it. Yes. Yeah. After you. after nine or ten o'clock, when you log off, what goes on then? Are you watching something, or what is the the wine? Absolutely, down? absolutely. The wine down is wine rosé, like a full half a bottle at least. Uh, sure. Might smoke a little bit of weed, and I'll watch something very very fun and black. So you, right now it's Boondocks uh, or oh, right Real Housewives of Atlanta. Love that. Oh. Can I? Okay. Can we pause there and just yes. bask yes. in Atlanta Please. for a moment? My husband. How- Go ahead. No, I just, yeah, I just wanted to get your take on this season. This season was uh, phenomenal. (laughs) This season was incredible. It was everything that I wanted and needed. Portia was clip notes on it because I've I have missed it completely. I mean, where do you begin? Nini still the victim. Portia still with the reads. Uh, You know, Kenya just messy and trifling as ever with her marching band to Marlowe's hair care event. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, this is delicious television. So much gold. Not, so a, much gold. not a boring moment. Not and a the reunion, the reunion was epic. It I really didn't... was. And no one thought that a Zoom reunion could be even remotely exciting because part of the the, the charge is the fact yes. that they're all in the same room together. Yes, but they broke their quarantine rules. They got in full glam, had full hair and makeup, full stylists, and I appreciated it. I, you know, it was worth it. It was worth it. Just <laughs> like they, they're all also like brilliant comedy writer, just like shooting out one-liners oh, off the cuff without Portia. <laughs> yes. Your titties are social distancing. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) this is just come join the big mouth room. That's just brilliant. (laughs) Um, This has also been kind of an awakening for Portia, it seems. She's like stepped into icon status in the Housewives franchise. I feel like the reunion solidified that she is. She's probably going to be in the center next season, I think. Holding that peach in the center. Yes. I speak. So, oh, no, go ahead, Dave. Just yeah. inter- Speaking of Zoom reunions and glam, yeah. what is your take on RuPaul's face mask? What's going on there? <laughs> At first, I was like, what's happening? And then I was like, you yeah. know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for the safety. I'm here yeah. for the for the camp of it. But yes, the, it did take me a good half hour to be like, honey, there has to yeah. be somebody who's been quarantining for two weeks who could come over and... Give you a shush, but hey, whatever. (laughs) It did add something. It wasn't something that I expected or or maybe even wanted, but it was memorable. You didn't didn't know that you needed it. You didn't realize the the iconicness of it in the moment. But now it's like the memes are everywhere. And you're like, wow, Rue was actually very smart. Marketing genius. Yeah, always. (laughs) finger on the pulse yes uh what are some of your all timers what are you what are you like 
What's in your pop culture hall of fame? Shows, movies, icons. Shows, movies. Sister Act 2 is obviously at the top of my uh, my uh, canon of pop culture. Uh-huh. Uh, Sister Act 1 is a better movie as a writer, but Sister Act 2 is just the cultural phenomenon that we all need. Um, what else? Uh, Destiny's Child is obviously just... the. Dr- I was with them from the original four all the way through. I went to their concert when they opened for Christina Aguilera. I was in eighth grade and they were opening. They had just released Independent Woman was like their new song that they hadn't sung yet. And it was the first time they sang it. So that's important to me. Um, Anything Beyonce is actually important to me. Homecoming, that's very important. And then Housewives, seasons one, two, three of Jersey, of Atlanta, of New York. I was... I've been there from the beginning, so. Are, are you Beverly Hills? So Beverly Hills and I, we had, we have had a rocky relationship together, but we are, we are together this season. This season I'm here. I'm here for Garcelle. I think that's yes, why I was like, absolutely. I'm here to tune in. Last season, Puppy Gate, I could not, I couldn't care less. I, I was like, this sucks. But this season, I'm ready for the Denise of it all, the Denise and Brandy of it all. I'm waiting waiting patiently i have a group thread for them to go on hiatus right now with what the what the world is going through is so cruel i just it's and potomac getting pushed back i'm just really bravo is really teasing me in a way that i don't appreciate but you know i'm sticking around abusive lovers it just feels like you know i love them i hate them (laughs) yeah yeah but they always get you back they always, always, always. What's your uh, What's your take on Vanderpump Rules? I don't watch it. I tried to okay. watch it. Let me. I'll be very honest. It's just too many white people having white problems, mm-hmm. and they don't have money, so it doesn't interest me. Like Big Little Lies interests me because I'm like, that's rich white women. I'll watch that yeah. all day. What's that about? <laughs> I'm here for that. Vanderpump yeah. Rules. I'm like, okay, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you're yeah, like, at you're least give me something to look at. Look, I need something to look at. I need something shiny and new to look at. Like the swans, like Lisa's house. Give me a swan to look sure. at, to marvel at, and I'm there. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't do all that screaming and have vertical blinds. No, 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 no. It's no, one no. or the other. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want yeah, custom I shades. I want custom shams. I want. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, what about music wise? What what's in your queue at the moment? You know, I was just listening to Ari Lennox's. Uh, I think I don't know if it's her debut album, but Shea Butter. Um, and what else have I been listening to? I think her name is pronounced Nao N A O. Um, she's a UK artist obsessed with her. Um, I finally it took me so Lady Gaga's album dropped in the heat of everything, and so I was like. No white people right now, just anything black. That's all I'm here for. But I finally listened to it. You know, cute, good, a jam, yeah, cute. a good, a good okay. workout, a good workout, exactly, a okay. good workout. That's, that's what it's good Th- for. This is yes. This it sounds it sounds like a read. So, I mean, are you enjoying it or not a read? How dare you, Dave? <laughs> not, not, not a read. I'm yeah. enjoying okay. it. I, I'm just saying okay. uh, there are certain albums that you're like, I'll listen to this anytime, anywhere. And then there's certain albums that you're like, this is my workout album. And I feel okay. like this album is definitely my workout album and I enjoy it. I feel it's, the same. Yeah. yeah. Loved what, what it else? at first listen. And then I, 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 
I've gone back to it for runs and that's yeah yeah it's yeah. very very motivating when you're on your your treadmill or your you know sure. whatever yeah uh um babylon is nonsense and yet i love it what's babylon the, the last song on the album that oh is see the, i don't know the name the I, don't, I don't know the name yeah. okay got yeah. it it does it doesn't make any sense at all but got I think it that's why i love it i actually this album came out and it uh Listen, not a read, but the Rain On Me video was very interesting and fascinating and special. <laughs> and so I was like, let me go back and actually watch the old videos. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. Like when Telephone came out, when Alejandro came out, um, just like what she was doing. I don't know what's shifted. You know, artists have the ability to to shift and change. But I was like, oh, right. These were like these monumental moments in music video history i think um but that's hard to continue to do right exactly so so uh, chromatica is not one of your anytime anywhere albums um what is um brandy uh brandy's uh never say never album is an anytime anywhere album uh beyonce lemonade anytime anywhere anita baker all of it anything anita baker i'm here for uh i listen to like that's how i unwind i put on a little anita baker and that voice the butter of that bass honey that's it for me um yeah those are like my all-time 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 albums what about all-time movies? Do you have, is, is, could you name a, like a top three? Absolutely. 101 Dalmatians, the animated, obviously. That's sure, of course. Iconic. All-time, iconic. Okay. Uh, unexpected. You, you didn't yes. expect that, but that's, that's on there. First Wives Club, obviously iconic. That's, yes. that's on there. I mean, I already told you Sister Act 2. That, ha- that has to right, be right. A, part of, a part of that trio. Those were just the movies that I grew up just watching over and over and over and still when I need a good pick me up, uh, that's what I put on. And what, what do you think it is about 101 Dalmatians that, that grabbed you so much? I think it was, listen, I think it was something about the dogs being chased by a, a evil white person and needing to get away. Uh, I think it resonated for me at a young age and I didn't realize that that's what resonated. And just like the power of a community, the power of support. I mean, they had to get the support from the other dogs and the other yeah. animals to like find the Like it was just like the dogs rallied together to uh, to lift each other up. And I think as an eight year old, uh, I saw myself in that movie. Yeah. Did you see the Glenn Close one? I did. Didn't mean quite as much to you. I take it. no, no. No, she's phenomenal. Glenn Close of deserves course, of course. everything. Uh, and she was perfect. But no, I, I need talking dogs. I don't want your, like, I don't know, real dogs. I want talking. I want Pongo and Purdy to fucking have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, the, I, the, the Disney movie that rocked me to my core that we, I was just talking about recently was Sword in the Stone. Ooh, do you is remember? that the is that the is that the King Arthur one? Yeah. Yes, I do remember that. Yes. And if and I the the sequence when he is turned into a squirrel and there is a female squirrel who falls Likes in love with him yes, and chases yes. him and he's trying to just explain to it there's something about that that is such a a metaphor for 
being a closeted gay man. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> that, and and just like how cruel, it, just how how heartbreaking it was for her because she didn't understand it. And then when she finally saw who he was, she got it, but she's crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yes, devastating. That's true. I think I think a lot of gay men relate to yeah. that. I wonder was if there, that is a common uh, experience. Probably. probably. Yeah, what, do you remember a moment of like seeing yourself reflected, or or like a moment of of identification in movies or television in your youth? I mean, the first time that I really remember feeling like oh shit was Lafayette and True Blood. Um, mm. And I, I actually don't fucks with anything scary, any monsters, any whatever, but I fucks with that show because it was the first time that I had seen a queer man existing in his femininity and his masculinity, and he wasn't the punchline. Um, in fact, they, I mean, I think that, that first episode is uh, he gets confronted by some uh, homophobic people and he handles them. And it was just a beautiful character and a beautiful journey to watch him get to be involved in this world and his queerness and his blackness not be the center point of it. Um, so that was, that. that's a, Lafayette's a really, really important role to me. Who were you in high school? Like how, how would the kids who knew you then describe how they remember you, do you think? Oh, gay as fuck. Um, it's probably how they would describe me. Uh, okay. But uh, I wasn't out then. I actually just posted, uh, somebody sent me, uh, I was in the drama club, and somebody sent me a program of Othello, because I was Othello, obviously. Mm. Um, and so, I don't know. I think it was just like, I was I was very kind. I was very sweet. I was walked very fast. I went to boarding school in Georgia. Uh, so, I'm from New York, and I went to school in Rome, Georgia, and I used to walk very fast down the hallways, partly New Yorker, partly trying not to engage with, you know, the crazy straight people um but i think ultimately they would describe me as a nice closeted man <laughs> which is all you can ask for right, right. and <laughs> at what point did you become a not closeted man i came out of the closet uh i think when i was 20 it was between my sophomore and junior year of college that I came out. I think i came out as uh bisexual first um and then I was, you know, seeing both men and women, and then I just realized that men was it. So, identified as gay. <laughs> How did you end up in in Georgia in boarding school? Right, you tell me. I I, I still don't know. Um, my well, what happened was so I went to the United Nations International School in. Uh, Queens, New York. There's two campuses, Manhattan and Queens. So I did that till eighth grade, and it's a very, very, very expensive school. But my mother wanted to keep me in private school, but couldn't kind of afford to continue in that. And we found the Boys Club of New York. And if you test into that program, they'll actually uh, submit you to boarding schools and pay for it. Uh, like the majority of your tuition, they'll pay for your flights, they'll pay for your your books, they'll, they'll just they pay for it all. So it was a way to get a good education, uh, but not have to go into debt for it. Uh, so that's how I ended up at, that was one of the schools that picked me. My mother, they sent me a happy birthday card and my mom was like, you're going to that school. They care. Huh. It's like, that's promotional, but whatever. Uh, so, I, <laughs> so I went there. Wow. How, how big a school? I mean, massive uh, in terms of students, not, it, but it was Hogwarts. It was, it was a, like, it was a full campus 
acres and acres and acres. We had a cross country trail. We had uh, you tell, the gym was a like a ten minute walk from the dorms over like a hill. Uh, it, there was chandeliers in our dining hall. There was a full like it was. It's, it was rich and bougie. I couldn't afford it. I was being paid for it, but it was, ooh, funny. They had money. <laughs> what, what's Do you that remember like leaving home as a child? At 14 years old. At 14. Uh, it's a crazy... Uh, it's a crazy experience, uh, and it took some adjustment. But by the time I went to my sophomore year, I preferred it. There was something nice about having my independence. Obviously, it was it was a... Um, a supervised independence, but there was still an independence of, you know, you know, kind of managing your time and being in the dorms with other guys and, you know, living kind of your life without your parent being like, what are you doing? So I, I appreciate it. And it prepared me for college. Like as soon as I went to college, I was watching everyone kind of fumble around, figuring out how to be away from home. And it was just easy. Like my mom and I moved me into my dorm in like an hour and she was like, all right, bye. I was like, see you later. <laughs> like, Wow. It wasn't. It wasn't a big deal. And then when you came out at twenty, what were your first um, experiences like with guys? They were hot, honey. They were sexy. It was delicious. I mean, it felt like home. <laughs> it felt like I found myself. Um, I mean, it was you know, it was navigating. Uh, Self-love, right? There was a lot of self-hatred involved in that. There was a lot of shame to kind of undo. My grandmother was a minister, and so I grew up in a religious household. And so there was already kind of, not that my grandmother was uh, openly homophobic or would say awful things about people, because she never did. But there was kind of like, this is what the Bible says about these things. So I already was going into these relationships with that baggage. So just, it took years to undo that and to... uh I guess appropriately this month, find pride in being my authentic self. Um, so it was a lot. It was a lot to navigate. There was also the undoing of, you know, I did a lot of white dudes. My husband's white, but it's different because I've done my work. But it was like, oh, dating these white men, why? Was it for validation? Was it for, you know, understanding that white people are idealized? And so maybe by dating a white dude, I get closer to that. So that was a lot of, you know, shit to to sift through to finally come to a place where it's like, oh, I love myself. I love who I am. I love being a black gay man, uh, a black queer man. Um, th- and that's probably in the last five years that I finally came to that. So and I came out at 20 and I'm now 33. So years, years of 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 unpacking and of therapy and of of getting to the other side of this. Do you have an early memory of what queerness looked like when you were, when you were small? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is Will and Grace, only because it was the first time that somebody identified that they were queer. Um, if I go back further, I definitely now know that I had godparents who were queer. So I was exposed to that. And, you know, I grew up in New York. And so when I would go to the city and I'd be in the West Village, I didn't know what I was connecting to. Right. I didn't know why I felt so free in the city and so not in Queens, ironically. Um, but I think Will and Grace was the first time that I was like, oh, oh, OK, that's that's gay. Got it. And I think. I relate to that. I'm not quite sure, but something about this I'm enjoying 
So when you were dating all of those guys before you met your husband, Mm -hmm. was there, what patterns were you seeing? Were you always the dumper or the dumpy? Were there a lot of heartbreaks? Yes. I was always the dumper. I, I lasted for two months. Uh, like if after the two months, which is usually the the time where after two months with somebody, I feel like is when you're like, is this real? Is this not? Are we moving forward? And around the two month mark, I would usually break up with people. Um, but I have had, I will say, three great loves, my husband being the third and final, honey. Um, but the first two, uh, the first one, we had like an on and off again. He I broke up with it. We were both in the closet when we first got together, so it was just a toxic situation of being with each other and breaking up. The second guy, um, who was not white, Puerto Rican, Ecuadorian, I broke up with him. But again, same thing. We got back together and then had to break up again. And now I'm with my husband, who I'm going to stay with forever. And ever. How did you guys meet? We met on Tinder, honey. Tinder. We were both in New York. He had a one-way ticket to Oakland. I had a one-way ticket to LA. Uh, and we met randomly. It wasn't going to mean anything. I was I was using it to write material, to write jokes, because the dates I was going on were mind-boggling. Uh, and he was just trying to fuck, because he was going to Oakland. Uh, and then we met, and we fell for each other. Uh, not immediately. Like, I fell for him as we were leaving each other, I felt something. And then we did long distance and then he didn't like Oakland. So he moved to LA and, and we got married a year and a half ago. Congratulations. Thank you. What, what did you do on those first, that first long date? It sounds like. The first date um, was actually not long because I made plans because that's what you do, okay? You make plans Mm -hmm. for after the date so you can be like, goodbye. Um, So I went to see a show. So we went to Art Bar in the West Village. We had uh, a dinner. He, at the time, I didn't realize this, had Giardia, which he could just come back from Peace Corps in Uganda and had like this stomach situation. So he didn't eat anything. But I ate chicken wings and chicken tenders and french fries because i was like i'm not trying to be cute for you i'm this is not going anywhere yeah. um and then i had to go to, to a show at like seven or eight and so he walked me to the theater um and that was our first date What do you remember about those Tinder dates that you that you um, were using for fodder? Ooh, I mean, people would just ask and say the dumbest shit. Uh, I got asked to be a slave boy once. Somebody called me Tyrone once. Um, people were just, uh, just sorry, my dog Corey. You okay, baby? Corey, sorry. would you like to join us? Corey gets a very. <laughs> Quote, like kind of protective, but then as soon as he sees you, all he does is want to kiss you. Like when he hears a sound, he's like, Arr! and then you open the door. He's like, hey, what's up? Um, hey, it's, a <laughs> it's a new friend. I love you. Um, but yeah, I just got, it was, it was a lot of like dumb, you know, dumb racist shit. And then uh, also just like people with attitudes, you know, like, uh, I don't know. There was a lot of dates I went on where guys, just thought very highly of themselves and weren't really trying to connect. 
Corey, you good? Yeah. Okay. The dog is named Corey. Is there a story behind Corey? Um. Well, is it's it a boy Cor- meets world? It's a boy. No, it's not. Which also love that show. Uh, Angela is an iconic character from Boy Meets World. Um, Corey is with a K, which is not for the Kardashians. We just didn't want him to have a regular Corey name. I was like, I need to black this up for my life. And so I was like, we're going to make it a K. So it's K-R-E-Y. And we wanted like a double syllable kind of E sound. Um, so we we agreed on Corey. Hi, Corey. It's a good name. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good dream name. Boat name. Yeah, he's a, he is also a dreamboat, by the way. I'm very happy I that he's, look. I he'll come over here. I just you know, if he were a person, he'd have a really big head because people just stop him and they're like, "He's so cute." I'm like, "Uh huh," <laughs> and he's smart and he's intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Oh, he one knows. second. Yep, he one knows. second. Let me yeah, let me go do this one second. For the listener, Brandon has gone to get Corey so that we can all see. We'll try and get a screenshot. Corey's timing could not have been better. Truly. That chime in. Oh, nope. We have have Amazon. 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 Sorry, I keep ordering so much shit. (laughs) I know. It's It's a problem. Yes. What was it about your husband on that first date? Do you think that you knew he he was different and that this was, could be something. Um, he was very sweet and he was funny and I like to laugh. I hate people who are, who don't have a sense of humor. Uh, and we just clicked in our sense of humor. Uh, and also, I don't know. He's just, he's just a good person. Uh, like he just like was very, um, caring in an authentic way, not in a, this is our first date. Um, and I've been in like emotionally abusive relationships before, so I'm hyper aware to that. And so he kind of checked off immediately the boxes of you're kind, you're funny, uh, and you're genuine, which I think weren't always my priority. You know, I had, I had different priorities. Uh, what was the wedding like? We actually uh, haven't had the big wedding. We went to the courthouse. So we went with his best friend and my best friend. So it's just the four of us drove up to Santa Barbara, which has a gorgeous courthouse. We had brunch. We drank wine. We went to the courthouse, uh, did the thing. Far more emotional than we expected. Uh, they really, like, did a beautiful ceremony for us. Uh, and then we, like, stayed at a hotel in West Hollywood. And it was real oh, cute. Oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. But someday the plan is to have a a big wedding, it sounds like. Yes, the plan is at our five. Well, we were like, I want, I've said, I was like, I don't understand how we spend all this money on this wedding and I still got student loans debts. That don't like, people are charging like $10,000 just for tablecloths. But I'm not doing that. Like, we don't even have a house. No, 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 no. So the plan is that we would like to have a house before we have the wedding. So we're hoping that at our like five year anniversary that we will be in that position um, to have something special. I love it. And if five yeah. years is when you need, five years is when you kind of need something to, you know, give you a little. Um, yeah, it'll be like nine years together total. Like, it'll oh, be wow. cute. Yeah. It'll be cute. And it's going to be fabulous. I love a big wedding, honey. It's going to be fabulous. <laughs> How has it been quarantining together? 
Oof. Well, we started couples therapy right before, and I'm grateful for it because it just kind of helped us navigate quarantine because, you know, there's, as many people have said, you're just not meant to be trapped with anybody like this. It, it's just not good. Um, but we were able, because we were able to have that couples therapy beforehand and kind of identify what our triggers are and, and kind of learn to have conversations in a more productive way that doesn't trigger the other person, quarantine has been a nice, smooth ride. There have been adjustments, right? Both of us working from home, you know, navigating that. I also record from home, and so there are just times where he has to kind of shut the fuck up and stay in the other room. Um, but we talked about it and we're good now. <laughs> so it's been good. How about you guys? What's quarantine for you? It's for me, not a huge difference because we also both work from home. Um, you know, the difference is now that's all we do. Like we can't, yeah. we can't leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, we now have a nightly tradition, 5 PM on the dot every single day, folding chairs on the front lawn, martinis, nice. Yes. Wait to the neighbors as they pass. Um, we've collected a, a, a hodgepodge sort of group of, of neighbors who will come and join us. Yes. It's, uh, it's nice. In that That's way, it's beautiful. been really nice. It, it, is, it, it forces you to slow down. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I like that. I hope that some element of that stays. Yeah, the appreciation of, of, of community, the appreciation of human touch, the appreciation yes. of just the simple things like being able to have a conversation in person. Exactly. For exactly. sure. For sure. I did uh, last week ask uh, my boyfriend to shake my hand. Because it, I hadn't done that since February. <laughs> and it just, wow. like, because <laughs> literally we're the only other people that either of us has touched yeah, since yeah. like early spring. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you wanted to shake hands? Kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just a sensation I hadn't had in a long oh, time. Got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, I wasn't like, now let's just shake hands. But Other things just, that will like, become a new kink coming out of this because we will all be like, it's such a. Please, a, just a, shake my hand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've forgotten what it feels so like. It's true. It's Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, how's it been for you? It's good, you know. Uh, oh, Matt has frozen. All things considered, oh, am I frozen? You're still working for me. Oh, I can hear you too. I okay, I was just, yeah, you know, all things considered, of course, it has been nice being together. I, I am used to working from. I've had long stretches of working from home and a, a similar lifestyle or having now, but. Michael, my boyfriend, has never been home. We've been together for over six years, and this is the first time that we've, like, consistently had dinner together every night. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's beautiful. really, really nice. Yeah. And if, if he had his way, he would. this would be life all the time. He would get to be home with the dog and cooking dinner, and, and I want to be out in the world and seeing people. What's his sign? Is he a Taurus? Yes, he is a Taurus. I'm a Taurus, too. That's why I was like, I get that. Home bodies. <laughs> yes. Yep. Taurus just want to tuck in. Yes, we love our and, home. And what sign is your husband? He's a Scorpio, um, oh. which notoriously, I do get along with Scorpios, uh, notoriously. Scorpio and Pisces, uh, and there's one other sign. But yeah, he's great. He's just like, it's like when you piss him off, you pissed him off. <laughs> like, yep. That's it. <laughs> Scorpios can be very fiery. Yes, sure. yes, yes, yes. What sign are you guys? I am a Pisces. Ben is a Cancer. Nice. Delicious. Mm-hmm. 
I'm a Capricorn, but I, because my friend Heidi is an astrologer, I know it's just as important to say that I'm a Scorpio rising. And yes. a Same here. I think I'm a You're- Pisces rising. Ah. Or Sagittarius, one of those two, my bad. It might be Sagittarius, actually. What are your personal quarantine rules? Are you like, are you getting out of the home? We recently started to get out of the home and kind of social distance hang with other friends who we know have been responsible. And so we're like, okay, cool. We can share space. Uh, but in general, the, the going out actually gave me more anxiety. Like he cannot handle being inside the house. So he does the grocery shopping and he runs whatever errands, but like, the i i realized pretty early on like this gives me anxiety worse anxiety being out with people because i'm like oh i can't touch i can't do that so uh so in general i've just been in the house and everything gets wiped down and there's bacterial soap everywhere there's hand sanitizer like in different spots of our home so i've been pretty uh on it (laughs) right by the way have you know okay so the the these new brands of hand sanitizer that have like sprung up at your Ralph's that you can suddenly get. Oh, yeah. You got tons of it. So we bought a ton. And it had a familiar, a comforting, yet slightly unpleasant smell that I couldn't identify. Tequila. It's tequila. Oh. It's just all the liquor. It's all the tequila distilleries have shifted to making hand hand sanitizer. So all right. Smelling <laughs> vaguely of tequila for the last. Oh my goodness, that's wow. hilarious. So that's what that's yeah. Anyway. Smart. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Right? I guess. Yeah. Did you uh, did you march? Did you go out uh, for Pride? We did. Um, so I we marched for that big LA march two weeks ago or a week ago. I didn't go mm-hmm. to Pride. Um, I was supposed to, and uh, I actually just had to write something about it because I just. I like had a, a a slight breakdown, like just a slight, it was just a really rough day. And uh, I've been going for two weeks, you know, uh, obviously making videos and talking about this. And what I kind of explained uh, is that I've been spending the last two weeks unpacking and being vulnerable about my trauma and also translating and unpacking white trauma. And the emotional labor of that, I think all came to a head on Sunday, which makes sense because Pride, we were definitely marching solidarity for all black lives. And that uh, especially includes me as a queer black man. And there was something about that that, one, I loved and wanted to be a part of. But the realization that I'm still fighting for my life uh, and that being so specifically about uplifting queer black lives um, just was overwhelming. It, it became too much for me. And I... And I my husband went uh, out and did it, but I, I stayed home all day and it just kind of didn't shake the funk until like yesterday morning. It was a really, um, I just couldn't put my finger on it, couldn't understand what, but I was i was just on my couch, unable to kind of, of do anything. When, when you are having a breakdown, of, I mean, obviously this is a very specific situation but Mm -hmm. generally speaking what are your coping mechanisms um my coping mechanisms is whenever i this is since i was like little my body will go to sleep 
whenever it's like too much, I will get very, very, very tired and just like sleep whenever I knew I was in trouble, whenever I was just anxious, my body naturally, even when I, uh, when I fly now, my body, I can't stay awake. As soon as the engines start revving, my body shuts down and I wake up mid flight. Um, so yeah, so it was, there was some sleeping. I put on some shows, you know, like boondocks, as I was saying earlier, just watching black people be excellent. And I drank a little bit of wine and I just laid, around. Uh, and then by the end of the evening, I was able to start writing, um, which is always helpful for me just to kind of try and start to figure out what the emotions were and try to articulate it. Cause that was the struggle. Like I wasn't able to articulate exactly what was happening and why it was happening. And I was reaching out to some friends who were at the March and, and everyone was very kind and very supportive. And we're like, you just need to chill and rest. And like, I felt guilty. I felt like this is all days. This is the day that I should be out in the streets and, for whatever reason, it just was not happening. And so, yeah, I rested and then I wrote and then I was able to kind of pinpoint, you know, what I've been doing. I've been I've been talking a lot about this stuff and 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 the fact that it's not just going to be fixed tomorrow as a black person is overwhelming. You're just like, oh, right, this is like something that we're going to continue talking about and unpacking and fixing and working on and breaking down and building up for probably the rest of my life um, because there's just 401 years of some bullshit that uh, has just now entered uh, the consciousness of the world, which is also baffling and has its own pain attached to it. It's good that you are actualized enough to 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 know that you need that reboot therapy know? i mean mental yeah. health like i mean which is one of the things that you know we're fighting for to happen inside of black communities is that, is that more money goes into mental health and 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 those services but it's the only thing that's allowed me to one be able to talk about this stuff and to be able to maintain some kind of composure is that i've been in therapy for six, seven years now. Um, so if I didn't have that, if I didn't have those resources or that tool, I, this would, would actually, it wouldn't be a breakdown. I think this would break me completely. Right. Does spirituality play a role in your life or do you have a, a practice of any kind? Yeah. Um, I grew up in the church, so the, I've always had to like struggle with my relationship to God. Uh, and I'm working on for me, like not calling God a he, because I think God and Jesus and all these things were built up in a white image and in a male, a straight male image. And so my spiritual practice has been to take that away and kind of address God. One, I prefer she and a black woman at that. But if anything, just that it's a, a presence uh, and not a person and not built in the image of us. Uh and so I meditate every day. I don't go to a church proper, but I meditate every morning or I listen to some music or I write in my journal and just try to find some moments to 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 be quiet. That's Im that's important to me. Uh, the journaling of it is probably the most important just because, again, being able to identify and articulate what the emotions are so that I can do something with them and engage with them as opposed to just feeling a brush of sadness or a brush of rage or a brush of, of happiness. I want to, 
I want to know what that is and where it's coming from so that I can uh, either hold on to it or find a way to disperse it. Brandon, I uh, just want to thank you so much for doing this and doing everything that you're doing. And you've been such an important voice for the world. And uh, we just really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. And rest. I will. Take care of yourself. You are giving Yes, I will. I will. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm.